Each new challenge also provides a new opportunity for us to reinvent the industry and reconsider ways in which we've done things in the past. This is why the registry continues to provide industry insights through personal interviews with the leaders who are shaping real estate each and every day. By subscribing to our podcast, you are helping us in our work, and we will continue to deliver programming such as the one you're about to hear. Please click the subscribe button and let your friends and colleagues know about us. It will help you and the industry stay ahead of the game. I sit down today with Mike Schroka, the co-founder and CEO of San Francisco-based DealPath, a company that describes itself as a platform that enables smarter deal management in the commercial real estate world. Prior to DealPath, Mike has spent over a decade growing venture-backed software companies, including Fanhood, Zynga, and One Season. He co-founded DealPath in 2014, in no small part due to the requests his colleagues made for ways to improve how things got done in the industry and has built an enterprise that in seven years counts Blackstone, NASDAQ, and JLL as its investors and advisors. Mike, good morning. How are you? Hi, Vlad. Good morning. Where do we find you today? Are you at the office or home office? I am at my home office in the San Francisco Bay Area today. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, Mike, tell us a little bit about DealPath, your company, and sort of how your you know, winding road of your career got you there. Sure. Well, I guess maybe to start with DealPath, which is the leading deal management platform for real estate investment management. We empower firms that are involved in the acquisition, development, financing, and disposition of real estate assets, and really service the command center for their front office to focus on value-add work, to identify and mitigate risks, and to deliver optimal risk-adjusted returns. I always think of us as pipeline tracking through portfolio management. We've grown quite a bit over the past seven years and to date have supported more than $6 trillion of transactions and uh, support hundreds of leading investment firms, uh, including some of the largest, most sophisticated firms in the world. For how we got here, I started my career in real estate finance and got pulled into software development. And so now building software for real estate finance seems like a, a very logical progression. Yeah. Um, although I would say that that it kind of just happened that way. It wasn't exactly planned. I'm thrilled that that it has, but that that wasn't a master plan 20 years ago. Yeah, and I think when when we chatted a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned actually this kind of came about as a as a way your former colleagues or your colleagues in general, right, were sort of asking you to kind of solve some things for them, right? And that presented itself as an opportunity for you to create the company. Is that is that correct? That is completely accurate. I would credit former colleagues and friends in real estate that have really been persistent in describing the challenges that they're facing and seeking out tools to be able to do that work better. You know, it, it took me and my co-founders a little while to hear that correctly. <laughs> Interesting. <yeah. laughs> really set off to, to start DealPath in early 2014. Yeah, well, well, as long as uh, you've made them sign NDAs and uh, you know ensure that they know that whatever ideas they gave you belongs only to you, uh, I think we're all set, right? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny. It's true. Like from that that founding story and our developments along the way, I think that it really has been partnerships with the industry that that has helped us understand the biggest issues and how to design the best solutions, yeah. and really appreciate the work with, you know, so many of our clients and 
with so many that, that helped us get started. Yeah, definitely. Some of the things that we've noticed is that over the last maybe decade or so, the commercial real estate industry really was kind of a laggard in terms of innovation and you know adopting technology to enhance some of its services. Tell us about that process also, because you, you, you launched a company essentially kind of at this sort of inflection point where things were beginning to be a little more active for, for the industry. Can you give us sort of a sense of uh, that timing? Yes, and I, I do think that there's been a combination of kind of really important macro themes that have kind of created the opportunity here. From our perspective, real estate has been incredibly underserved by software. People like to talk about how it's been a, a late adopter, but that's been for good reasons. There hasn't been a whole lot of investment in, in real estate software solutions historically. Yeah, And some of the underlying factors there that, that we think are interesting is that you know we all love to talk about how real estate is the largest asset class in the world. It's true. It's you know incredibly huge uh, by dollar value. However, real estate is largely comprised of companies that are relatively small by headcounts. Firms with with 20, 50, 100 people can can manage billions of dollars. And this whole industry that that is largely comprised of what are really kind of like SMB companies by headcounts, yeah. whereas you know, by dollar value, obviously, they look much different. And it was hard for legacy software companies to service a vertical that was comprised of, of SMBs. And there was, you know, some things that, that changed that have had a big impact on that. You know, the evolution of cloud architecture and infrastructure, software as a service or SaaS business models, and uh, really, the the real estate market need and demand pull have changed things dramatically over the past decade. I also think for real estate as an asset class, there have been really big movements as well. Uh, real estate over the the past decades has become institutionalized as an asset class. Right. Right. And there's very clear economies of scale in real estate, and a real increase in the need for precision and speed in what has become a very complex and, and competitive market. So we've seen this, this rise of real estate software services. And I think seven years ago when we were starting our company, we felt like it was barely even a cottage industry. There yeah. was a few very large incumbents that were deeply entrenched in a, a core part of, of the business, um, but not a lot of new development happening. And with some of these these changes that I was describing, we've seen this kind of wave of investment and, and development in real estate software services, hundreds of new point solutions and companies coming to market. And that's been really exciting to see all of the innovation and new tooling uh, to utilize. And now we're starting to really see that, like realizing the, the adoption and, and the value there. And I would say that in 2019, we felt like we maybe crossed the first chasm from early adopters of these new software solutions to, you know, even early majority that it was starting to adopt and utilize them. And then in 2020, COVID, the pandemic, you know, really hit us all. Sure, um, sure. And while that has been challenging in, in many ways, I think it's very clearly been an accelerator in the digital transformation of real estate. These things that were happening, you know, over time, all of a sudden, became crystal clear on why people needed to change now. The environment's changing. The highest and best use of, of properties was changing. Being able to predict the cash flows of properties was, was changing. So underwriting was getting hard. Every 
landlord owner portfolio manager in the universe has been trying to understand the impact on their owned portfolio yeah. and considering yeah. potential repositions and, and opportunistic investments. Also, maybe habits that we've had being able to work together in an office and have you know a Monday investment committee meeting or a pipeline meeting or working shoulder to shoulder with our colleagues wasn't possible overnight. Yeah. yeah. And so all of a sudden everybody was was realizing the real importance of having centralized data that is globally accessible and highly performant having those standardized workflows that enable your teams to work effectively from wherever they might be working and having the data security right. that uh, leading institutions require so this past year has been action packed and very fast paced and you know don't want to dismiss all of the the hard things that have happened but from a, a digital transformation and, and progress in the way that our industry is working, I think that there's been uh, enormous strides made and a lot of momentum right now. A hundred percent. And and I want to get into that in just one minute also, because I think COVID is, is obviously an interesting sort of inflection point for a lot of companies, not just yours, right? The industry in general. But it does seem just to go back to kind of uh, the, the environment of the commercial real estate technology space landscape, if you will. It does seem like we've reached sort of a point where now, you know, brokerage firms have their own venture capital investment funds, right? And it seems like we're at this like weird point in time where there are hundreds of little companies and ideas coming up with things that they could potentially do. And then we all know how this kind of plays itself out. There's usually some kind of consolidation that, you know, at the end of decade or something, there's basically, you know, maybe six or 10 <laughs> kind of major providers. Are you beginning to see, uh, you know, some of these trends emerge in terms of like, you know, who is kind of acquiring where this space might be heading? We do feel like we're there right now. It feels like what is what is now called prop tech, previously CRE tech or whatever we want to call real estate software services. It feels like it is white hot right now. Yeah. And we are seeing a very high level of activity in venture financings, in M&A with SPACs and, and traditional yes, IPOs. Yep, yep. And you know, this is probably uh, a healthy and natural part of the, the cycle that we were in where there was, you know, this this big kind of surge of investment and development and new new solutions. Some are starting to get traction and there's now some some consolidation around kind of the winning solutions and making it easier for the companies or, or buyers of those solutions to be able to make decisions and deploy those things yeah, more, yeah. more easily. So I, I'm not sure how much of that is tied to COVID. But COVID did affect kind of an acceleration in the adoption there. So I, I do think that in that way, maybe it had an impact. But I mean, just a really exciting time period right now. We've been talking about the potential of, of this digital transformation, about uh, speculating when it could happen. And right now, the largest asset class in the world is very clearly kind of hitting these tipping points and yeah. going from the early adopters to the early majority to now the mass market adoption and realization of this value. I think it's the single most important thing for the entire industry, whether you are a traditional real estate operator or a, a vendor or entrepreneur that is providing services into it. Yeah, no, very interesting. So we touched upon COVID and tell us, you know, what, what has this meant for your firm? I mean, and I'm not just asking about, you know, in terms of how you guys are working and operating but more in terms of sort of the opportunity. I mean, out of challenge comes opportunity, right? So 
how has your company looked at the future, if you will, in terms of what where it could go based on just what's happened over the last you know 12 months or so? Yes, I'll, I'll maybe speak specifically about our business operations and might be able to share some anecdotes for what we see or hear kind of around us. But from our standpoint, you know, this has been a tremendous year of growth. We're growing our revenue triple digit. We're doubling our team. We're seeing sales cycles compressing and understanding in our target market of the need for our solution and solutions like ours. And that's very, very exciting and good. Yeah, those are those are all great key indicators. I know that's like all the good stuff. You know, on on the other side, there's like you know operational challenges that we've had to figure out and overcome, and and you know, sure that that will continue as well. And you know, some of this stuff might might sound silly, but as we're scaling our own business, you know, we're hiring uh, and onboarding a lot of new people. And initially, there was you know some operational hiccups of how do we order equipment, configure equipment, get that equipment to people on the time schedules and things that, that we were used to and, yeah. and uh, had to, you know, make some movements to address that. At this point today, a huge percentage of our company has never been to a deal path office or gotten to work physically with the rest of the team, which I'll say, at least for me, is just weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. adjusting to that. And, and frankly, we don't know what that will look like or mean for, for the longer term. Obviously, we're thinking hard about it and, and trying to tune with changes in, in the work environment. So yeah, I, I think it's just been, for lack of a, a more eloquent term, a wild and crazy year with great progress in our business, uh, new operational challenges that yeah, we yeah. you know didn't foresee and, and feel like we're doing a, a good job taking in stride, but need to continue to look closely at those and, and keep making progress on them. Yeah. And, and you also mentioned this was a time where you've noticed companies sort of adopt some of these digital technologies a lot faster as well, right? So part of all of that great success over the last 12 months or so also has been the way that the companies are changing the way they work too. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you know, I think a lot of uh, the industry operated on Excel spreadsheets and, you know, Word documents and you know, not that long ago, right? And now it's getting better, faster, more digitized, correct? That's right. And I mean, it has been decades now that real estate investment management, for a, a lack of better options, has really been cobbling together a variety of different things that weren't designed for their important work. And so using some of those examples, having critical reporting that is managed in Excel documents, having you know various different checklists of tasks and project management in, in Word documents, having companies shared drives and virtual data rooms and file sharing services to house all of these documents and a multitude of emails and phone calls to, to communicate around those things. That got us here. However, as we're needing to operate at larger and larger scale and have more precision and speed, it's really breaking down. And so having these purpose-built solutions, these specialized uh, software solutions and data services are a huge opportunity to unlock value and continue progressing these businesses. And I think that the return on investments, those very clear value propositions are becoming better and well-known. Um, it's being understood that, that you simply won't be able to compete in this market without 
becoming um, proficient at, at evaluating and deploying these tools, utilizing them fully. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I was just going to follow up by, by saying, you know, usually tools are created because a process defines what tools are needed. But now that new tools have been created, does that redefine the process also? Which sounds like in, in your experience, that's kind of what is what is happening. I do think that it is fluid and there's some components of that are bigger and more impactful and also have more friction. Something that we think a lot about is the kind of systems of record. And a system of record for your most important business information is obviously a really important thing. And, you know, as people get trained and familiar and build habits, utilize and things, um, that's hard to change, whether it's great or bad or anything else, change is hard. And so there needs to be, you know, a really clear reason to make those changes and really thoughtful efforts to accomplish them well. So, you know, I, I think that as what is becoming kind of the, the modern real estate tech stack, there are components of that that are so critical to have as foundational elements. And, you know, there will be edges and new point solutions and things that continue to emerge that, that will cause us to, to continue to evolve those processes. Yeah. And in our business and in our clients' business, just trying to be really smart about prioritization. You know, what are the strategic priorities for the coming period? And what are the, the highest impact things that, that we can focus on to, to build out our businesses respectively? Yeah, yeah. I think that's very, very true. I've also noticed, you know, as we've been growing our company over the last decade, you know, one of the things that's been the biggest challenge has been getting people to change their habits. You know, you're changing people's habits in terms of where they listen to, you know, go for news. I think in your case, you're changing their habits in, in terms of, you know, this is how they've done, you know, these deals over decades or years, right? And now they have to adapt to kind of a new tool. What has been some of the things that have worked and maybe, you know, haven't worked for, for your company in the last seven years? We've tried really hard to build DealPath out methodically. And what I mean by that is trying to minimize variables and, you know, solve for one thing at a time. And we may not always get that thing right the first time, but yeah. wants to make sure that, that we've done a good job solving for it before we bite off and take on more. Um, so can give kind of different examples of that. But I, I think that that kind of theme is really important, that being focused in what you're solving for the highest level you know, our solution is designed very specifically for real estate investment management. That is all that we do. And within real estate investment management, there's a lot of different use cases and needs. And, you know, how we, we fit and play into that ecosystem is important for us and important for us to communicate and help frame for our clients and, and the marketplace. Because a lot of this is so new, I think, to a large degree, you know, we're, we're trying to all understand together the right terminology, the right language, the, the right framing to think about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. You mentioned, uh, you know, the companies in this space have now been utilizing all kinds of sort of ways to, you know, grow and, you know, raise funds. How have you guys approached that uh, part of the process in terms of looking for strategic investors or partners or, um, you know, SPACs or, you know, whatever, whatever form that might be? Yes, for our business, we've been capitalized very intentionally by a combination of traditional venture capital 
and strategic real estate industry operators. So from our seed round and series A round and series B round, each each round of financing, we have balanced uh, with those things and are thrilled to have just fantastic partners involved in, in our business. Today, we're very pleased to, to have Blackstone and NASDAQ and 8VC as some of our, our top investors. Okay, that's great. So where does that put your focus then for this year and you know, looking into the future next year? Yes, I think that for 2021, something that we've really focused on from a product development standpoint is really expanding from our core in deal management to supporting more and more portfolio management use cases adjacent to us and some of the integrations with different tools uh, across the ecosystem. That is also very, very important. The other element for us is accessibility, uh, making it easy to get information into deal path and get information out of deal path. And that can be accomplished you know, by integrating with email, by providing uh, native mobile applications, by uh, building out some of these, these connectors and integrations. Um, so that, I think, is a, another really uh, important part of our product development work uh, for the period ahead. From kind of a go-to-market standpoint, our business has really been taking off and, and growing the team considerably. We today have offices in San Francisco and New York City, and are hiring uh, in both of those locations and across uh, kind of all disciplines. So we've got uh, a lot of work to do on on building out our team and yeah. coverage of what is a, a global opportunity and global market. A big part of, of what you do obviously depends on making sure that there's enough of a you know deal flow and deal path, if you will, right? And you also come from the real estate industry, so you probably understand the space you know, better than maybe some of your colleagues who are uh, just technologists, perhaps, right? How do you keep track of sort of what's happening in the, in the industry? Are there a certain you know, in, indices or, or certain things, measurements, reports that you generally look at to kind of understand where, where things are heading? I would say that we try and intend to be students of the game. And so we want to understand what is happening in real estate as an asset class and industry, what's happening within kind of the prop tech landscape and certainly within our own product and, and product utilization, uh, understand how clients are, are using it. So um, there's a lot here for us to think about and uh, people and places to learn from. Something that was, I would say, hypothesis that when we, that when we started the company and has, I think, been proven out over the, the past seven years is that DealPath is highly needed and relevant upmarket uh, when people are paying higher and higher prices for assets. It is highly needed in a challenged or, or more distressed market where people might be paying lower prices and more distressed opportunities. DealPath is you know, needed to make investment decisions. If you're in the business of raising, deploying, returning on capital, and have explicit risk reward mandates. DealPath is the solution that that helps you do that that important work. So we don't feel like we're as affected by transaction volume or shifts uh, in the those transactions. Yeah. That being said, you know we do notice and observe changes there, and you know you can see in our business three, four, five years ago there being increased activity on the industrial side. 
and industrial as an asset class has been hot. There's been a lot of investment uh, in that area. We see that and it affects what clients are, are maybe most actively looking for solutions and, and working in the product. We saw, you know, a few years ago, real kind of increases in affordable housing development, which also, you know, I don't think that deal path is necessarily the cause of it, but we can, you know, certainly see the extent of, of all the work that's happening in, in affordable housing development. And more recently, over the past year or two, seeing increased activity on the debt side. And that was even pre-COVID and people might speculate about well, how that was predicting where we were in the market cycle. So we do, I think, observe these changes and want to think about how that impacts our company and our product. And I think that that's, this is just, you know, real estate is such a core part of our economy and way of life that, of course, that is a, a complicated thing to, yeah. to, to wrestle with and want to learn everything that we can. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mike, you've described a number of things. You know, I usually end up with this sort of final question, you know, what gives you hope? But you've described a lot of different things in your organization today that I would say should give you hope if they're not giving you hope today. But let me kind of, you know, paraphrase that and sort of say, you know, what gives you hope? What do you look forward to in the next, you know, 18, 36 months plus, right? And what concerns you? We are really bullish about the opportunity for our company and for prop tech generally. I think that we talk about it with our team, but if it was the year 1800 and you weren't in London, you, you weren't in it. If it was the year 1900 and you weren't in New York City, you, know, you weren't in it. 2021, if you're not in prop tech, you're not in it. Yeah. Um, and what we mean by that is, you know, this is where the, the action is at. The, the largest asset class in the world is going through a belated and very accelerated digital transformation right now. There is real opportunities to create industry defining companies and have a real positive impact on on the way that that, you know, our world works. That is so exciting and, you know, something that really inspires us to work hard every day. And on the concern side? I think the concern side is maybe a little bit less business specific. You know, I think that this past year from a social standpoint has been a very challenging one across the, the globe and, and specifically in the United States. And we are, are hopeful and also have care and concern for people getting along together and figuring out the best paths forward. And that is a responsibility on all of us. Yeah, that is that is for sure. But Mike, enjoyed our conversation. Uh, best of luck uh, in the next year, and I look forward to connecting with you soon with uh, you know more updates on uh, what's happening with DealPath. Thank you so much, Vlad. It was a pleasure speaking with you. <laughs>